What are some signs your child is calling out for help? How do we help build our children's perseverance muscles? And what are some of the tactics that we can learn to help tease out what is going on in our little one's brains? Join us today for a very special interview with L.J. Jackson, who is a school counselor and author of the book, Sleeping With My Shoes On. She is also the president of the training and development company called Personal Power Within. She is a master success coach, business coach, as well as a school psychologist, and she has a background in child development. She is going to give us some wonderful ideas today about how to deal with tough situations, not just the COVID-19 pandemic, but also just challenges in life. And how do we help teach resilience in our kids? So join us now for this great interview. Hi, this is Mary Jo Tinlin from Teaching Your Toddler. And today we have a wonderful and very special guest, LJ Jackson, to talk to us a little bit about um, childhood stress and things that uh, kids are dealing with now specific to coronavirus, but also in general stressors uh, and how we as parents can help support them a little bit more. So welcome to the show, LJ. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So why don't you take a few minutes and just talk to us a little bit about your background and about how you got into this field and what you're doing now. um, And then we'll kind of frame the show around that. Yes. So I've spent the last 16 years as a counselor and uh, initially I started at the elementary level and then middle elementary and middle school and worked my way up to high school. But prior to that, I actually was a child development specialist. So I would work with uh, young children and uh, with LAUSD and their Head Start program. And so I just really spent years wanting to help families in any way I could, whether it was with developmental issues or, you know, mental health and well-being. And I think a lot of that stems from um, my childhood, having a lot of gaps in there, or I ended up kind of growing up early with adult child experiences. And uh, so in just part of my healing process, I talked to my mother about it and actually a foster child. So her mother uh, was killed in a car accident when she was 15. And so there are a lot of gaps in her parenting skills and her parenting. She spent a lot of time winging it. And I didn't know that as a child. I just thought, what the heck is wrong with you? You know, like how <laughs> are nurturing and you aren't there for me. And, you know, like, don't you love me? And so just in my, um, that was, that sparked my passion to major in psychology and go into counseling and guidance and um, become a school psychologist, trained school psychologist. And I just really wanted to absorb and soak up the personal development, empowerment, and just life skills arena to help others. I just always love sharing knowledge and information and just really supporting people, you know, in a down-to-earth, non-judgmental way um, on my journey. Well, thank you. That is, that's amazing. I, I, what you just said, it sparked a lot of questions for me that I had never heard, like what you were talking about with the adult child experience and those gaps and, and things like that, that we, that we do sort of, we're, we're thrust into some adult experiences, which I think maybe we'll talk about in a minute based on what's going on in the world right now. Kids are getting sort of thrust fast forward into some of these things because we've never experienced some of this, the challenges that we've gone through as a society in the last year now that it's almost been um but i have a question so i noticed in your um 
in the introduction of your book, uh, and I hope you'll talk about that in a bit, but um, in with Sleeping With My Shoes On, um, you mentioned and you thanked firefighters. What, what was that all about? Oh, yeah. So when I was 15, I was actually ninth grade. I, my mother, my cousin, and uh, a few friends were over for a family get together the next day. And so um, that night we went to sleep, you know, everything was fine. And uh, my mom ended up shaking me and she, you know, she said, get up. And I was like, what, what's going on? And she's like, the house is on fire. And I couldn't oh believe, gosh. you know, what I was hearing. Um, but there was actually a fire, her car uh, blew up and it was parked in front of the house. And so we ended up being trapped inside with no way out, if you could believe it. And so um, I think firefighters, because she had us go to the bathroom, she said, you know, get in the tub. Um, it's cooler in there. It'll take a longer or take a while for the fire to reach. Y'all just sit in the tub. There were about four of us standing in the tub in silence, trying to figure out, you know, what to do. And uh, it just really seemed like there was no way out because we lived in kind of a rough neighborhood. And so there were bars on all the doors and um, in the windows. And at the time, it, we, we couldn't get them open. So we were literally standing there in silence, just doing our best to come to terms with our own mortality as we prepared to burn to death. Oh. And crazy, right? Wow. Oh, my goodness. At 15 years old, to have to face that, that's incredible. Yes. And so the firefighters, um, as we stood there in silence, I just thought, wow, you know, just Maybe, just maybe if I can reach the window, even though I was too short and it was tall, one of those bathroom, you know, rectangular windows. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I jumped up and I just, you know, hit it as hard as I could until the glass began to break. And so I looked around. I didn't see anyone. I started screaming at the top of my lungs, yelling for help. And no one, you know, responded. So I thought, wow, OK, this is it. So my family jumped out and we all started to scream in unison. And then this firefighter showed up out of nowhere. You know, we didn't hear any sirens or the truck coming. And, you know, he came and he um, pulled, you know, the bars off and we hoisted each other up and out. And the interesting thing is that we were living in a duplex and our neighbor actually had told him that no one was home. Oh, no. Right. So had I not taken action and been brave enough to to yell for help or to, you know, try and, and not mm -hmm. just accept our fate then they wouldn't have known which part of the house we were in and we, oh you know, i might not be here today so that's why i thank them in the intro of my book oh my goodness yes wow what an incredible story and um yeah just to just think through all the what if scenarios of what could have happened that thankfully did not that's amazing well thank you for sharing that that's that's incredible in it. I mean, it, it does really frame uh, very well the fact that you certainly know how to deal with trauma um, as as a child and, and from this, that standpoint for kids. So tell us a little bit about, you know, we've been going through these this craziness with COVID and people, little kids, big kids, kids can't see their friends. They can't go to school. They can't, um, you know, they can't have that sort of social support that, that they're used to. Um, I know, unfortunately in our community, we've had, we've lost three children to suicide during this, this 
uh, shutdown, um, a middle schooler and then two high schoolers. And it's just, it's so tragic because they just, they don't have that support network. So tell us a little bit about how that's sort of manifesting with kids these days. Yes. And I'm so sorry to hear about that in your community, because for me, um, it just, you know, leaves me speechless just to hear that because I've definitely been in that place. And and so with what's going on, you know, there's the disruption and anxiety has a manifest for uh, children of all ages, social isolation, like you mentioned, and just their mental health. And honestly, I think one of the biggest things for children is that they're young, you know, so whether they're, uh, you know, zero to 11, 12 to, you know, 13, 14 to 18, or however old, like they're new to experiences of trauma. And when I say that, I mean that many of us who are older or who have lived, you know, some decades, have gone through some things, some ups and downs, highs and lows that we thought we weren't going to make it through. And we're still here today. So we have something to look back on, you know, um, that helped build our resilience and our perseverance. And even though we may have moments where we feel hopeless, we know that things can get better because we've lived through it. But for them, they're so young and they just got here. So even though they may look, you know, some of the teenagers especially may seem or act like they're grown, the truth is, you know, if they're zero to 18 years old, they still um, are fresh to these type of experiences. And so I would say um, just really helping them to build their perseverance muscles and learning to, um, you know, find hope when there's moments of hopelessness. <laughs> I like that. Build their perseverance muscles. Yes. And so tell us a little bit about how we as parents or as the communities or whatever can sort of help support kids in that way when they are facing, you know, unknown things, but also isolation, feelings of isolation. Yes. And um, so I'd say like, especially with the feelings of isolation, that this is a really great time to help them um, develop their self-love. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, that's one of those things that would be nice if we were kind of with that and we were able to maintain it there's a lot of things that show up you know that kind of uh take that from us or just even with um the children growing up in in the tech world they're used to getting likes you know on social media and instagram and snapchat and you know tiktok and views and that's kind of how they've uh, unintentionally gained uh self-love or gained uh affirmations or you know like confirmation of their worth but the truth is the worth is you know um comes from within so i'd say parents can really help um their children by maybe having a conversation you know in between i know parents are busy there's a lot going on but i say even if they could just you know get a copy of um uh, a journal you know that kind of speaks to self-love so that the child can have the opportunity to journal Art therapy is really good. So if the parents can get some, even maybe they can kind of make it a, a family thing or a new tradition where they have uh, art therapy or, um, you know, so this is great for all ages, right? So if it's a little one, they can, you know, say, okay, let's draw, draw me a picture of how you're feeling today or draw me a picture of, you know, what you see um, from, you know, what we watched on TV or the news. And then just to kind of see what's going on in their minds, especially if they're too young to really, you know, um, articulate it themselves. And so from that picture, a lot of information can be found. So I'd say 
you know, parents taking the time out to communicate, no matter what age, if they're young or um, young, young adults, um, the art therapy and just taking time to maybe have um, some family time and, and just say, okay, let me see. And so the, so for example, the dark colors. So if children are drawing with blacks and browns and, you know, they normally draw with oranges and greens and yellows, you know, that, that could be a sign that like maybe something's going on and they're feeling a little turmoil. Or if they're drawing images where they see like the people um, or the family members are dead in their picture, for example, instead of thriving and alive, that's, you know, a conversation they can have with them. So I say just to, you know, sum it up that parents can, you know, communicate. That would be really great with, with stress, reduce it, avoid it or manage it. And so if they're stressed out, you know, sometimes actually our stress is um, telling us something, you know, stress is not always bad. It's kind of like our fight or flight mechanism. So they can actually just, um, you know, talk to them about, okay, like, so let's manage it. You know, your, um, your concerns are valid. Um, children may be afraid, especially with us constantly getting the numbers of COVID cases daily, you know, in the news or online. Mm-hmm. So just having that conversation would be a great way. And then um, reducing the stress by doing something fun, you know, to help reclaim that innocence, which I talk about in my book. Thank you so much. So, yeah, I was going to ask you about how, you know, how do you sort of deal with if they happen to hear a news that scares them? Um, and so you're you're saying you validate that concern and, and just and let them sort of express what's going on in their brain. Yes, yes. And then and just, you know, saying like, OK, we don't have all the answers. or I mean, have all the answers, but we're, you know, we're going to get through this together the best way we can or the best way we know how. And um, they can also, I think I would um, recommend, this is a really great time because it's the end of, you know, 2020 and the start of 2021. So actually um, all ages can, you know, grab a vision board or dream board, even just a little poster board or um, like the 99 cent store, you know, dollar stores have where they can just grab, uh, you know, an eight by 10 size and then, you know, talk about, okay, let's do something fun, you know, make it fun, right? And even if it's a teenager who may roll their eyes and say, okay, just, just hang in there with me. I promise. <laughs> no, come up with words and phrases and things that they want, you know, the next few days or weeks to look like. So whether that's, you know, oftentimes I'll talk to a student and say, okay, so what do you want to do when you grow up? Right. So if they're uh, really little, they have like this big, they still have that, you know, hope and they're like, oh, I want to do this, this and that. But then for the uh, preteens and teenagers, a lot of times they're like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, well, if you did know, what would it be? And they're like, I don't know. Okay, (laughs) well, if you did know, you know, or when you were nine, what did you want to be? Like, okay, Uh, like, I say, don't be embarrassed. It's okay, you know, to tell me. Because sometimes they think that, you know, uh, we'll pass judgment or we may mm -hmm. say, like, you can't do that, right? So I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, the possibilities are endless. So I just kind of work with them. And that's what I would uh, advise parents to do, even if they have a little pushback for the uh, older ones and then say, OK, so let's put that on your vision board and then hang that up on the refrigerator or, you know, in their on the mirror in their their room or the uh, living room or, you know, if it's a family mm-hmm. that create with each other. So just things like that, just getting creative and, and inventive to help restore that hope or to kind of just you know, ebb and flow, and some days will be better than others. 
that's one way I definitely recommend. Oh, that's, that's great. I, you know, I think the thing that sometimes we forget as adults is that they, like you were saying, they don't have those perseverance muscles yet because they don't know what they don't know. They don't even know how to sort of cast, cast vision into the future and say, it's, it doesn't have to be like this, like right now, let's, let's talk about what it will be or can be. Um, so that's really amazing to have that, that activity. Um, you mentioned some other things in your books, in your book, what can you tell me a little bit more about what, um, what you're thinking there? Oh, yes. So um, many of us are familiar with post-traumatic stress. And so like with stress, you know, it can be compounded by what we experience, right? Whether we experience it personally or we see it. And so in my book, I also talk about something called post-traumatic grief, PTSG. And uh, oftentimes it's kind of uncomfortable and, and challenging to to sit down or to sit with our feelings or to allow to see our children or those we love hurting, you know? So it's easier oftentimes to just kind of sweep it under the rug or say, oh, you'll be fine or don't think about that or, you know, we'll be okay. I don't want to hear it. Stop talking about it. You're just being negative. You know, it's easy to kind of say things like that. But um, what's really empowering is to give a voice like we talked about before to their emotions and honoring their feelings. And so it allows the the grief that they experience from loss, loss of what they thought 2020 would be, loss of, you know, if they're older, their graduation experience. If they're younger, you know, loss of like we talked about their social life and being with their friends in person, you know, loss of being um, consistently in school instead of back and forth or this hybrid model or distance learning. So just allow them to have the opportunity, you know, whether that's, you know, saying, okay, once a week, even though I don't feel like it, I'm exhausted, you know, after my own stuff saying, okay, we're going to, you know, once a week have family time or have, you know, debrief or whatever you want to call it. And we're going to honor those feelings or honor those emotions. And we're going to, you know, open up space for your grief. If you have no grief, then we can celebrate, you know, the fact that you're feeling good, you know, and, and I feel like that helps when, there's those dark places that, you know, give way to considering suicide and, you know, suicidal thoughts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's really great. Like you said, to open up that space for grief, but then also celebrate if they are feeling good. And as we sort of go into like the Christmas season or the holidays, right. We, we do, uh, or Hanukkah even too, like that, that, that gratefulness and that thankfulness for what, what we do have Um, that, that could be a, a good time to, you know, help celebrate the good stuff, not, not just focus on the crummy stuff from 2020. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, you mentioned just a little bit about school uh, and I know a, a lot of listeners may not have kids that are in school, but, but if they do, if they are falling behind, if, if this remote learning thing isn't working for them, what are some things that you can help with, um, with dealing with that anxiousness about falling behind? just not being able to kind of do the virtual thing very well. Yes. So I think this is a great opportunity to, uh, I had two thoughts on that. One is success leaves clues, you know, success in reality. um, Even, you know, prior to the pandemic, there's ups and downs, peaks and valleys, highs and lows. Right. But um, in general, we kind of get this idea or, you know, a lot of children, I've worked with hundreds and thousands of uh, children over the years. And so when I talk to them, a lot of times they kind of, whether it be from watching a movie or something where, you know, it just kind of 
condenses and summarizes in like, you know, a two hour period, this successful, you know, outcome. And mm-hmm. so I think right now, just in, with, when it comes to school, so if they end up with, you know, instead of A's, B's and C's, and they have some D's and F's, right? Um, or, you know, all F's, it's one of those things where it could be a, um, a learning experience for that, you know, perseverance, for that resiliency, not to say like, you know, F's are acceptable, but, you know, it's like, you know, F's aren't final, um, it's feedback. And so, you know, what can we learn from this? Or what we, what do we want next semester or, you know, uh, January to look like and feel like, you know, after this experience, you know, so um, they may have had a bad experience, but I would recommend, you know, sitting down and saying, okay, do you need to uh, have a timer? You know, do we need to kind of make this a game, you know, so you have, you know, so much time where you're, you know, online or your Zoom or Google or whatever, and then you take a break or do you need a daily planner? You know, so just kind of seeing like, you know, what's the missing pieces and um, to the puzzle so that mm-hmm. they can have a better experience or know that like, you know what, every, it happens to the best of us. You know, every successful mm-hmm. person throughout history has failed at one point in time. So mm-hmm. you going through that in school, but this isn't the end. You know, this is not how you, and this is really about how you finish, not how you started. Mm-hmm. Right. I I remember hearing the story about uh, Abraham Lincoln. You know, he failed many times before he became president. And so that, that that's always kind of an inspiration to think, you know, he ran for office and didn't win or, you know, these things that happened that were real challenging for him. But then he ended up still becoming the president of the United States. And so I think that's interesting that you mentioned, you know, talk about successful people who have had setbacks. Um, it's not, you know, it's not final and I like that. I like also that you said a fresh start starting as soon as the next semester starts. So things will uh, things will get better, right? Yes. And then for um, I love the fact that you you know added that in because it's it's true. Uh, a lot of our role models and great leaders, you know, that we look to, it's like you know they were once where we were. And so um, oftentimes, and I'll recommend for parents to, you know, um, especially for children who are visual, as opposed to just hearing things, you know, auditorily come in or one ear out the other, you know, so mm-hmm. I'll Google real quick, like, okay, success, what does success look like? And then these really cool images will show up and it'll show like, you know, instead of a straight shot or a straight line across like squiggly lines or, you know, ups and downs, or there's that one, I don't know if you've seen it, where, you know, there's a bicycle rider going and then there's a big dip, you know, where if they're not careful, they're dropped inside that, you, mm. know, uh, you know, the hole or the, uh, the valley. Yep. The visual aids are really good, too. Just, so, you know, mm-hmm. play. Okay, well, just bear with me and let, let's take a look. So a lot of times I'll say, okay, if I don't know, I'll find it. And so I would recommend for parents just to kind of, even if they want to get some images together, know just um one to three you know not too many and you do some reverse psychology for those older ones you know and just you know like okay so i you know let's play a game real quick and uh go from there (laughs) that's that's really cool i like that kind of a thought starters to have those graphics ready Mm -hmm. so um i think my last question would be what what are your signs? What are the signs that we would be looking for in our children that they do are that they are calling out for help, that they need something from us or that they need some extra support? Great question. So definitely their mood, right? If they're uh, normally kind of a um, calm, um, you know, low key 
type of child who is maybe introverted and they, you know, like to kind of be with um, themselves and read books and just, you know, play games, things like that. And then now they're, you know, agitated, irritated, um, you know, have snide remarks. So their, their mood, having mood swings, um, their tone of voice, and then their body language. If they're, you know, saying they're fine, oh, I'm fine, or it's fine, or I'm okay, or it's whatever. But then yet you see like their shoulders are now, you know, sunken or low. And uh, they just, you know, kind of don't have much like they're different. You know, they're not who they were prior to all this. And mm-hmm. uh, they're you know, changing, you know, instead of for the better, for the worse. So those would be some definitely um, key signs to look for, as well as um, their, their, I think their grades, you know, sometimes grades are, you know, I just, this is new material and I don't get it yet. You know, I'm trying to figure it out. Like this is some new math for me or new, you know, reading or whatever. Um, or it could be like, I'm just really afraid of what's happening and I'm scared to death that we're all going to die. So I'm just going to zone out and, you know, tank in my grades. So I definitely look at those grades to make sure that it's, you know, figure that out too. Mm-hmm. That's a good gauge. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. Well, before I let you go, um, I want you to tell us how to find you, but tell me a little bit more about uh, your book, Sleeping With My Shoes On. Yes. Yeah, so Sleeping with my shoes on, reclaim your innocence, reclaim your power. It's really about having a space to um, reflect and and just release, honestly, things that may have, you know, there's a lot of times we grow up and kind of go through the motions or, you know, we get busy living and we don't really have time to reflect back or kind of, you know, deal with things. So it's, it's uh, a really great read for, uh, it's great for mature teens college students and, and parents, you know, it's, it's short and sweet and it's really enjoyable. So in the end, I think you'll find, you know, you close it and you're like, wow, okay, this was a good one to add to my, you know, reading list. So it's really just about, and I talk about um, reclaiming our innocence. So this is a really great time to read it because, you know, things come up in life and it, it and even as an adult, you know, instead of having to focus and, you know, be the mature, responsible one. It's really nice to be reminded that there are ways that we can always reclaim our innocence. So as long as we're here on this earth, there's things that we can do to, you know, okay, like COVID or the pandemic may have, um, you know, put a pause on some of my plans, but here's what I can do. And I give examples in the book about how to do that or, you know, to reclaim your power in moments where you feel powerless. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. That sounds like a wonderful book. I can't wait to dig into it some more. I, I saw that it is kind of a step-by-step process too that you are, um, that you're recommending, right? Yes, yes. And it's really great for those who have been through any type of trauma, whether, you know, military, bad, um, like I said, you know, for us women or men have read it and shared that, like it, it really helps with a step-by-step guide to, um, you know, just kind of reflect in the mirror and figure out how to pick up the pieces and what you want life to look like moving forward as far as it depends on you. Pick up the pieces. I like that for sure um, because we are kind of broken, aren't we? Awesome. Well, thank you again. This has been wonderful and so helpful. I I think, I mean, even for me as a mom of kids and and, uh, and going through this, um, and so I before I let you go, why don't you tell us a little bit more about where people can find you and how they can find out more about you? Yes. So Sleeping With My Shoes On is available on Amazon.com as well as Kindle. 
And then they can find out more about me on personalpowerwithin.com. Excellent. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you again so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'd love to have you back on the show if we if that works out and if you've enjoyed it. And um, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm really, again, glad that you were able to come on and tell us a little bit more about this craziness we're going through, but also some of these universal principles that are that, that go beyond than just this, um, you know, the, the COVID pandemic. So I appreciate that. Yes. Thanks, Mary Jo. It was a pleasure. Okay. Thank you so much. This has been the Teaching Your Toddler podcast with Mary Jo Tinlin. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you'll find us on our website at www.teachingyourtoddler.com, as well as on Facebook at Teaching Your Toddler, on Instagram, and on Twitter at Teaching Toddler. So join us again, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much.